Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And this is Generation BSC, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the Babysitter's Club series from the point of view of our micro-generation, Generation BSC. Exactly. Um, if you want more information on what we mean by that, just listen to the last episode because we <laughs> took a 15-minute detour. Yeah, we, we dove very deep back into that. Into Reintroducing the concept, for sure. I, f- I have a feeling every couple will do that just yeah. to... Pick up new listeners as we Just go in along. Case. In case you're um, jumping in randomly and don't start from the beginning. Hey. Which is fine. Which is some, not something I could ever do no, as a that completist. that is not you at all. But I know plenty of people who do stuff like that, so. Yeah. Podcasts, I generally start from the beginning. I might listen to one if someone's like, oh, listen to this one and try it. And yeah. then if you like it, start from the beginning. Um, but I usually just like... If I know, like buffering, like yeah. we were talking about, like I just started listening to that because I had a lot of podcasts on my list, but I was like, nope, it's time... We're going, to, we're going to prom in April. We, I got to actually listen to it. So I was like, I know I'm going to love this. I'm just going to start from the beginning. So yep. I didn't listen to anything. I just, just knew. dove right in. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun watching, especially um, a, a podcast that's been on for a while, like see it develop. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really fun. Um, well, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about book nine, which is called The Ghost at Dawn's House. Ooh, let's check out the back of the book. Yes. All right. Dawn has always thought that there was a secret passage hidden behind her house. Side note, she's been in that house for like two weeks, so always is a They've strong word. They've been there a while. Okay. I mean, it's been months. Still. Because she says in the book, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, get in yeah. but like she says that they moved like seven months ago. She hasn't That's seen true. her dad in seven months. So they've, they've been in the house for a while. Still. I, it just makes me laugh when- She's always Always. And like little kids are like, my whole life, and yes. I'm like, yeah, all five Forever. years. Forever. All right. So, starting over- Sans commentary. Dawn has always thought that there was a secret passage hidden in her house, but she never thought there was a ghost. Until now. All kinds of creepy things go on whenever Dawn's at home. There are even spooky noises behind her bedroom wall. Dawn is sure there's a ghost in her house, and so are the other BSC members. But they're so busy with their babysitting jobs that they hardly have time for a ghost hunt. (laughs) Will Dawn and her friends ever solve the mystery, or will Dawn have to share her house with a ghost? Again, this we're back to the this doesn't really tell us what actually happens in this book. Like no. there's there's not really a ghost hunt by anyone no, in any and real stretch of the imagination. There's very little babysitting in this one because it's primarily focused on this the, hunt the, for the, the passage. passage. Um and then Don keeping it a secret and then slowly revealing it and using it to scare other people which, with spoiler alert, Don's kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I no. Mean, no, it's to, very much killed. I would totally, if I had a secret passage in my house, which I definitely do not because it was built in 2004, <laughs> I would keep that shit a secret too. Yeah, fair enough. Because I would want it to while. be mine. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, that is at 100% how I would have handled it. Um, so the focus on the ghosts is a little extreme. But yes. other than that, it's mostly right. So why don't you tell us what it got right and got wrong? So... The Babysitter's Club generally in this book, um, there's not much of a general plot in this one, which is a little strange. Uh, Generally, the girls are back from their separate two-week vacations or staycation bonding time in Christy's uh, experience and ready to make the most of their last two weeks before school starts. We hear a little bit about each of the girls' babysitting jobs over the course of the book, and the story wraps up with a slumber party at Dawn's house that includes a viewing of Ghostbusters, s'mores, and Stacy and Dawn using the secret passage to scare the other three when they make them feel like lepers and nerds for not wanting or being able to eat the s'mores. As a side note, Mallory is able to be the second babysitter for her siblings, which means the introduction of the junior members of the BSC can't be too far yep, off. It's coming. Yeah, ever, it, ever, it's ever like closer. Each, each book, it's like, oh, Mallory's really good More about knowing Mallory. what's going on with Jenny and Precioso. Oh, Mallory's helping out in Sea City. Oh, Mallory's a second babysitter. Uh-oh. Like, oh boy. Here we come. Here we go. So, the Dawn-specific part of the plot. Dawn reiterates her theory about a hidden passage existing in her house and recruits the BSC to help inspect the walls throughout the house to find it. They have no luck, but Dawn later inadvertently stumbles upon it when she falls through a trapdoor in the barn while trying to find a cool spot to read a, B- a BSC universe alternative to scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. After following the passage from the barn... The barn. I like combined the, bond the barn and, and Dawn. <laughs> After following the passage from the barn, Dawn discovers that the passage ends in her bedroom. 
She spends the course of the book convincing herself that it is haunted and telling various family members and BSC members at different times about the passage. As a subplot of the Secret Passage storyline, Nikki Pike has regularly been disappearing with some permission to do so while being babysat by John and Stacy. It turns out that he's been using the Secret Passage for a hideout, which helps account for some of the quote-unquote haunting evidence, but not all of it. Yeah, this one ends on kind of a... Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Like, it does so, not resolve. I'm going to have to point out, I'm going to call myself out for my prediction for this book. Yes, Eddie. <laughs> okay, in my defense, that, and I did not check this, it is 100% one of the first actual mystery books, which is about Dawn. Which is somebody's and, messing with her in the past. Yes, it's a, so, and as I was reading this and I realized how wrong I was, I remembered that book, um, the sort of background babysitters club plot is that there's like a the kids in the neighborhood all decide to do like a best babysitter competition and so this kid does get in trouble i'm i'm i would bet money that his name is eddie or something very similar because i that's That's, what the sense memory about the the book that i talked about like it's definitely about that book not this one clearly since i was so off but like he gets in trouble and he blames Dawn, and so he wants to ruin her chances of being the, named the ba- best babysitter. And spoiler alert: I'm pretty sure all seven babysitters win. win. Yeah, it's like a tie. So that we're we're well off from the actual mystery book. So maybe we'll forget about this by then. But I'm sure that my memory you're will like not, it's going to come back. It's going to come back, and I'm going to. So basically, what you're saying is you're not wrong. You just picked the wrong book. I I combined that one with this one because really the only thing that happens in this one. From a sort of overarching babysitter's universe um, is that Dawn finds the hidden passage in her house. Yeah. So that's what we kind of talked about. You know, we normally talk about our big ideas and maturity. Absolutely. We can find things in this one that that fall in line with our Hall of Famer. But when talking about what our other big ideas for the book were, we kind of were like, yeah, there's not there's a lot like of some there. some family there. stuff, but yeah. Some family stuff. I... I, I um, I think we can have a discussion around imagination and the way yeah. kids, and you know, fear. and f- sort of tying into imagination. Um, and then that goes with, you know, um, building their sense of the world, which ties into, I mean, obviously all of them tie into maturity a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not a ton of substance to mm-hmm. this one. There's not even really a babysitting lesson. There's just, no. it literally is them just talking about this passage and right. what could this passage be about? Yeah. And each of like, or not say Don like bringing various people like into the fold about knowing about it at various times yeah and like <laughs> calling her mom when she's on a date because there's an emergency and the emergency is that there's a ha- there's a hidden passage and that is haunted yeah oh with trip <laughs> with trip yes. we're gonna get into trip um I I really feel like and I, I I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks but I feel like especially in this book in particular this feels a little bit like wheel spinning mm-hmm. while they figure out what the rest of the series is going to look like. Right. Like we had talked about how there was the first four was originally intended as a quartet and that started to expand. And obviously without having read any further, I can't say, but I feel like they wouldn't have kept going as far as they did if there isn't some right. more going on. So this just to me feels like not even like table setting. This just feels like wheel spinning a little bit. Like yeah. let's, you know, Don the least let's just, hang out with Dawn a little right. bit. Spend some more time, hear about her family, because we had never really heard anything about Jeff, her brother. Yeah, that he, he was, was like referenced existed. in passing. Like yeah. he's friends with the triplets, the Pike triplets. Like that's about it. So we got a little bit more about like her relationship with him and their relationship with their mom. But yeah, I mean, it, it really is just, hey, Dawn found a hidden passage in her house. That's pretty cool. That's sweet. And actually, it is. I remember, I can imagine, I don't remember, obviously, because my predictions were... Um, <laughs> While the not wrong, hilariously vague, <laughs> other than the whole Underground Railroad thing. Which, in my defense, they never say why that passage exists. Except that her house was built in 1715, which maybe was a little bit early. I'm not an expert or have really a ton of knowledge about the Underground Railroad. Yeah. I don't know that it was that well, early. You clearly know more than I did because I thought once we hit the Mason-Dixon line, home <laughs> free, so. no more no more need for it. Well, so. that's, I think that's mostly just because I live in Cleveland and not Cincinnati. So, And yeah. I knew that there were houses in Hudson where I grew up that had passages, passages and hidden rooms. And I think in my defense, Cincinnati was very, very proud of their yes. status as like – Okay, we're you're free, we're the north now, right? Um, there still is some of that 
uh, I don't know if it's tension, but there very much is a distinction between like Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. Like once you hit Kentucky, you're you're in the South. Right. Ohio. Uh, Although in Cleveland, south. Cincinnati is the South. Fair. <laughs> Anything south of Columbus this is, is the south. south. Yeah, that's what um, where my company's doing some expansion and, and mergers and. Um, part of our company was called Northern Ohio something. And oh, now yeah. it, it encompasses the entire state. And um, one of the guys, we were discussing, you know, how to branding and stuff. One of the guy goes, well, we're north of something. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fair enough. Fair. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. So I've, I've come to the conclusion that um, the vaguer I can be with my predictions, the more right I will be. So, <laughs> except that's a lot less fun. Fair for fair. us to call hey. ourselves and each other out about it. True, true point. And I did, I did take a big swing with the underground railroad you did. thing. And um, it's it's not outside the realm of possibility. And maybe we will find that out in the future. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of what credit. We're going to put a pin in that. We're yes. going to come back to it because, like we said, they really never say investigate. Um, why the passage is there. Right. Even Dawn, when looking into the story, doesn't really seem to care too, too much about why the passage mm-hmm. existed. Just, just that, that it there. does. Yeah. Um, and you know who is seemingly completely unfazed by the fact that there's that this passage in the, their home is her mom. Oh, yeah. She seemed like, so as, um, as Kate mentioned, um, Dawn's mom is dating. Around. Um, not just around. Mr. Yes. Spire. Spire. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Um, I, n- I never want to know. It's funnier just us. <laughs> I know. I hope they don't say it I, on I, the new TV show. Yeah. Um, but Don and Jeff are displeased about yes. the... Well... Don's okay with her dating only if she's dating Mr. Spire. Because that's less about her mom dating and more about, I want Marianne as my Right. I want Marianne sister. to be my sister. Um, which I very, very much got that, like... Um, I understood that inclination as a mm-hmm. kid. Like, I was not a child of divorce. My parents were not dating around. But there was always that, like, I wish you were my real sister. Right, exactly. And, and that's still um, – just the other day on Facebook, there was an ad for a, you know, sister from another Mr. Best Friend's necklace. And yeah. I, so that's – I absolutely – that's a very common yes, instinct, definitely. especially at that age. Um they don't really examine why Jeff cares either way. Right. Other than Don does. Even yeah. in this, we get to know Jeff a little bit more, but he still doesn't have a real personality. No. He just sort of follows her around. I mean, at least, like, David Michael doesn't have a ton of personality, but at least he, he's Louis-obsessed. Right. Like, we know one thing about him. And he likes cheerleaders. Yes. We did learn that. We did. <laughs> he, no, not, not that he likes cheerleaders. He wants, he essentially wants to be a cheerleader. Yes. He knows all the dances and cheers. Which is Oh, I don't think adorable. that we know that about Jeff. No, I would be hard-pressed to say anything about Jeff other than... That isn't also a description for Don. Exactly. Like... Health he, food. Health food. Um, organized-ish. Is, not as yeah. organized as Don, but still like... More so than the mom, which right. is... Which, what is her name again? Why did it go away from my brain? I want keep wanting to call her Edie, but that's... No. Mrs. Thomas. I don't know. Mrs. Schaefer. It's somewhere in here. It's, it's in there. Um, but in any case, Mrs. Schaefer, Ms. Schaefer... Yes. She's out on a date with Trip. With Trip, and they find the name Trip hilarious. But once again, another super moneyed, like cliche eighty. Well, and also Don points out that Trip is her grandparents' friend's son. Yes. So did they? Did you um, make note of how they envisioned him? They said he's probably wearing like a pink polo with a alligator on it, and I I was loving it. Um, I bet he wears socks. Pink socks. Pink socks and alligator shirts, and all his friends call him Trip Man um, or something. I, I bet, bet he plays golf. I bet his idea of an amusing afternoon is balancing his checkbook. He has real short hair, wears wire rim glasses, and has gray eyes, but wears contacts to make them look blue. He wears glasses and contacts? contacts? Also, were contacts that changed your eye color a thing? Yeah, because I definitely wanted them when I was a kid. Was it? Now I'm like... Because I... I copied and pasted, not out of the actual book, because oh, that so takes too long, that. so I don't know if, if the contacts were in this. So this was in, chapter, in chapter 9, nine. very early in Chapter 9. So while you check that, I think it is hilarious that they have this, um, just, all they have is the name, and they know he's one of their grandparents' rich friends, and are able to immediately envision who he was. Um, the and, contact thing is in the actual the, book. Interesting. Um and spoiler, they're not terribly off, which they then find hilariously also hilarious. amusing. Yes. Um, 
Um, and their mom is like, what is... Yeah, because they, they come into the house. Because the power goes out, and then Dawn is freaking herself out, and Jeff is bored. And so she's like, oh, let me tell you about this. Here's this this hidden passage. Let's go in it. Also, it's haunted. And they, like, freak out, and they find a bunch of, like, a yeah, buffalo so head nickel and stuff. It's... So let's get into why Dawn thinks it's haunted in the first place. She's hearing noises um, at night. And, and during the day. And during the day. And... During the storm. Right. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's like creaking and moaning. Yeah. And her mom's like, it's an old house. And it also does that. It's a giant storm. Like, they're talking about how, like, the trees are, like, bending over. And right. then she's like, why is my house making noise? Okay. Um, but more more um, concerning to her is she finds, like you said, a buffalo. Well, it changes. So start the first time through, she sees nothing. Or so, there, so she goes the first time technically that she goes through it, she does she's just like walking to see where she gets. Yes. After she gets all the way to her house, she goes back in since she has like the full lay of the land and she finds like a shoe buckle and an old key and one other thing. Um no, I think it's just those two things because I okay. think and then the next time she goes in and she finds the buffalo nickel and says that was not there last right. time because I I found everything right. That was there. And at some point she gets freaked out. I think it's when she and Jeff are freaking each other out and she throws it back in there. And then the next time she goes in, it's, it's gone. gone. Um, and then at one point she does find a um, ice cream cone. Ice cream cone, and that was when I went, oh, that's it, right, it's Nikki. It's a kid. It's Nikki. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I remembered that or just figured it out because it was very obvious right because he has this two block rule where he's allowed to leave his house on his own as long as he stays within two blocks and technically the back of don's yard is two blocks away so he's not breaking the rules and also he thought it was okay to be in the hidden passage as long as he didn't go up the stairs into the house portion of the hidden passage which and it's that's like such a little kid because he was like because then i'd be trespassing it's like oh buddy you're trespassing as soon as you step on their property right but, but you're like eight so it, or seven it's okay we'll, yeah we'll forgive we'll you we'll forgive you we're not gonna press charges this time no. but when dawn's mom comes home with her date from her date with trip she leaves her purse in the middle of like the living room or something and yeah. dawn goes to like pick it up and finds a history of stony brook with an e on the end oh that is my favorite quote of the entire book she goes stony brook with an e could that be our Stony Brook? <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. She just has this really old-ass book about a, a different down, Stony Brook. A, but she finds a story in that about this crazy family in, like, 1810 where they wanted to move away. And so the, the patriarch sold their house and land and to farm. someone else. But his son, who wasn't right in the head, didn't want to leave. And so when they were leaving, they heard him yelling, like, see you later or something. Yeah. But no one could figure out where his voice was coming from. It was, like, between the house and the barn, clearly talking about Don's That's... property. And he was probably in the, in in the passage. passage. But so she just decides he, he died in the passage and now he's a ghost and he's haunting it. And he's haunting me. And... I think that's part of the reason why she throws the buffalo head nickel back in because she thinks, like, he's mad that she stole it. And so she wants to give it back to him. <laughs> um, so let's let's dive into this whole immediately jumping to a ghost thing. Yes. So I, I have a very different relationship with scary movies now <laughs> than Kate does in that I love them and she does not. That is accurate. Um, I have never loved them in any way, shape, or form. Well, scary movies, uh, but I mean about being scared and fear because you did like scary, scary stories, stories yeah. and urban legends and things mm -hmm. as a kid. Um, I mean, I still, I still love urban legends. Like, and I, I think as I, we've been watching my so-called life for the 25th anniversary, I, I used to think that my interest in urban legends was the movie Urban Legend, which also stars George. Uh, Jared Catalano. Also Jared Catalano. Um, but there is... You think it was the Halloween episode, episode with uh, Nikki Driscoll. Nikki. And them telling the story like, no, this is what happened. No, no, my aunt's cousin's whatever. Yeah. Like, And so I think my love of urban legends is actually because of my so-called life. So it was more the urban legend thing and less the... Yeah, because like especially once I started really getting into urban legends and reading... I have at least four or five books in this house that's that are just urban legends. Um and a lot of those stories are in scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, because a lot like things like um, high beams. Yes. That is very much an urban legend. So yeah, what did they call the um, the equivalent in here? Oh wait, I have it. Yeah, I know. I made a note too, but I don't know what I did with it. 
Here it is. It's called Ghosts and Spooks, Chills and Thrills, Stories Not to be Read After Dark. Okay, so very clearly this is attempting to be scary stories to tell in the dark. Accurate. Um, which I, I have an extremely close history with. So um, that was literally my favorite book from the time that I – before I could read. So we moved to Cincinnati when I was like five. Um, I have memories of the Toledo house – listening to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark on cassette tape. We oh got boy. it from the library. Um, we at one point bought it from the library. And I don't know if it was like a intentional, we're not giving <laughs> it back, or like we just couldn't find it. Right. You pay um, the fine and, and pay- then it's like, oh, we still have this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you find it? I feel like it was probably intentional, at least on a subconscious level, or... I don't or rem- you hid it somewhere I was just in your thinking, house I was to like, make I, sure you couldn't give it back. I don't remember doing that, but that feels very correct yes, to me. Because you wanted to have it Because I wanted to have it. And you were a child. And, and, didn't, so you know, didn't, and I didn't like, understand that there was like... You it, could, right. If I just keep it. Yes. Yeah. Especially because I'm pretty sure I, I actually did like accidentally lose a library book when I was a kid. And like, it's not the same price as if you just like go no, to no, a bookstore and buy it. way more expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that was – I'll have to – my mom, when she's listening to this, will, I'm sure, pipe in and be like, no, this is what happened. But, like, Here's the real story. Um, but regardless, we had that tape. Why we had that tape from the library when I was that young, like three or four? Well, you did point out last week that your parents showed you the birds at a very, very young, young age. age. That's a good point. Um my mom loves horror movies. Right. Um, so I guess she just wanted to share something that she loved with you. I, oh, I'm sorry. And the rest of your siblings. Um, and I – and so I loved them. Couldn't get enough of them. Even even I would get, like, freaked out, but it, I loved it. Dustin, on the other hand, not so much. Um, all we I had to do to make him cry conservatively until he was 17 years old was <laughs> say, Me, Ty, Dodie, Walker. Um yeah, so though that is scary, that book and specifically the audio version mm-hmm. of it is like the number one shared thing in my family. L- literally, just this summer, um, we went to Hocking Hills for a family vacation, and we listened to them on my phone around the campfire. <laughs> and um, Dustin's wife and Landon's wife were both like, "What is this? What is happening? What did I marry into?" And we were like, <laughs> <gasps> "So." Um, if you are not familiar with them, go, go, go right now and get them. And, but and get, get the, the old, old ones. ones because the illustrations are incredible and, and terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> um, so but much, in a good way. Yes. So and much this is so, coming from someone who hates scary things. Right. So much so that um, they had to change them because there were protests yes, they from were parents because they were too disturbing. So even if – you can usually find um, – the old versions on eBay or on mm-hmm. Amazon, like they're out there, and there's definitely internet pictures of yes. every single one of the illustrations. Right, exactly. Um, in fact, they use the illustrations from the old book as the basis for the Guillermo del Toro produced movie that just came mm-hmm. out in this past year or so, which ooh, I'm so close to really liking. <laughs> um, but so I immediately felt a huge kinship with Don in this mm-hmm. because I was absolutely one of those kids who loved it, wanted to be scared, wanted to find magic in the universe, wanted to believe all of those crazy things. And um, I really thought that that was unique and <laughs> apparently clearly not. Um, I, I always, like, prided myself on being a weirdo um, <laughs> that loved scary stuff when it turns out, oh, that's, like, all kids love to be scared. Um why do you think that is? What do you – what is think, it about it? I mean, my guess is it also is, like, it's not all kids. It's, like, kids that have safe That's lives. fair. You know, like – That's a great point. You know, it's, like – I mean, speaking sort of for people that grew up like us, you know, parents are still married, lived in the suburbs, you know. We were comfortable. No, you didn't have any real, like, life issues. We definitely grew up – Privileged. We didn't. Right. I never worried about where food was coming from. Exactly. I never worried about you know feeling safe. Right. Like all of that was just a given. Yeah. And you're right. So I, I think that is probably a big part of it. Is like you don't. You're never going to experience that for real. And so it's it's sort of fun to like make yourself scared when you know you don't actually have anything to be afraid of. That's a really I love that theory because yeah I can't see what if your whole life is in chaos. 
I don't know. Then, but I can't speak to that. I'm right. like maybe I, maybe they like people who live in chaos like it too because it's fake scares right. and not right. Re- they can lose themselves in a different yeah type of fear. Yeah, I, I like I said, I that's just my theory about people like us. Obviously, I mean the these books, scary movies, like they're very popular across the board. So that can't be all 100 percent of it. But True. I do think well, there's maybe- an interesting aspect of that maybe there that's just um the root of it is right across the board is we like to feel scared about things we know aren't real Mm -hmm. um because it does feel safer right and it allows us to get those adrenaline rushes and um yeah well and now as we're talking like this just occurred to me like i'm as much as i don't like scary movies i'm i like some scary movies um, you know, like Cabin in the Woods is one that like yes. jumps to mind. And obviously that has humor elements to it. But like there are scary things that happen Very in that. Much so. But I think the but I also have never seen Silence of the Lambs. And I know that's not a horror movie, but in my brain it's a horror movie. So like I think I'm okay with horror movies or scary movies that are not real. Gotcha. You know, because like, like ghosts and And as much as I'm into like true crime and that sort of thing, like when I'm watching a movie, I don't I don't want to be scared by something that could actually happen. Not that a cannibal is going to come eat me. That's highly unlikely. But it is possible. There are cannibals. There right. Are, exactly. Like, but like... and He's it's, just a man. As much as I also do believe in like supernatural type things, I'm less concerned about that actually happening. Although I, I just keep like having my own tangents on myself. One thing that like sometimes freaks me out when it pops into my head and it happens fairly regularly <laughs> is like... In a horror movie where, like, crazy supernatural shit or aliens happens, like, up until the movie starts, like, those people are living their lives like you and me. So, like, tomorrow, aliens could go. Dude, that's (laughs) fucked up. Don't do that to me. I'm sorry. I just shared my, like, irrational fear with you. (laughs) That just, like, never once literally crossed my mind in my years of loving horror. I've never once thought, oh, they're just like me. Oh my god! I apologize for that, um, but that—I mean—that—that's my irrational fear, and it happens. Although quite regularly. I do, I do like to think that if—and we've had this conversation. I think the last time we had it was around Russian Doll, oh, where we yeah. were like, "How long would it really conceivably right. take us? How, like, when get, would you figure it?" That's out? one of my biggest pet peeves in um, pop culture is when that trope of like, "How long does it take them to figure?" It? And you're like, "Come on, get, we have—you have been in the world, right?" Groundhog Day exists. <laughs> I, I need one, like, maybe my third go-round. I'd right. be like, yeah. Like, the first time through, I'm, yes, 100%. I would buy, this is really right, weird, deja really vu. Weird I had a very I had a weird dream. I think by the end of it, I'd be pretty on board. But that next time it happened, I'd be like, okay. Got it. We know, I know what this is. I, I can't believe it's happening. That right. might take a little right, bit that's... more reconciliation. Right, getting but I wouldn't be like and trying to figure it out. This day again? What is happening? (laughs) Wow, this is so strange. This has happened three times in a row now. Um, Yeah, I I love that trope, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, So did Groundhog Day originate that? I'm sure it didn't. I think that's the first big, and we're probably dating ourselves with this, but like generationally-wise, I think that's the first like big one that I can remember. Me too. I'm sure there are books and earlier movies, maybe TV shows even, that did that. But like for people of our generation, it is arguably Groundhog Day is the the biggest and probably first, at least that we were exposed to. But there are it. It's a lot now. I mean, mm-hmm. so Death Day, Happy Death Day, yeah, um, and Happy Death Day to, to you. you, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I've seen both of those, um, and I like those, and those are great. Um, I just watched a uh, Twelve Dates of Christmas on Disney Plus, <laughs> um, which is again the same trope. Like it's an easy cheat, although that one. Don't no spoilers. I have like a list of all of the Christmas movies that I'm going to watch. Um, I may. Like, I will. Not- Jeff is like. He, like, made the list for me. Oh, I love it. Because last last Christmas, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this and this and this. And, like, he'd be sort of walking through or, like, playing a video game on the couch or something. Yeah. So he's, like, he has enough relationship to what those movies are. And, like, he understands why I appreciate them for what they are. Yeah. Oh, I got to <laughs> share with you the um, Hallmark movie drinking game that we came up with. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, we didn't come up with it. We found it on the internet and then tweaked it to our purposes. That makes um, sense. With Amy and Tim uh, a couple Christmases ago, 
It applies to every right. of those kinds of cheesy movies. Um, by the way, I normally love them and can suspend my disbelief on a lot of BS. Um, the Night Before Christmas, the new um, Vanessa Hudgens one with the with the Don't night. Don't tell me it's bad. It is awful. Okay, well, thanks for telling me that when I just told you not to tell me that. Sorry. <laughs> I promise never to lie to you. That's my job as your best friend. Ah, uh, fine. Um, I'm still going to watch it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't enjoy it, but... But it's not um, good. And... I also, don't... we maybe don't want to keep talking about Christmas movies <laughs> since this isn't going to get posted until, like, February. February. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Back in the past, we watched a lot of Christmas, Christmas movies. movies. Um, I just remember that. It's like a month of Christmas now, so this is not going to be available until well after Christmas. Well, the real point I was going to make about the night before Christmas actually had nothing to do with Christmas and does tie in to what we were talking about. I'm trying to bring it back around. Oh. Um, is that what really bugged me about it, and I don't know if it was just I was in the wrong place and couldn't suspend my disbelief the mm-hmm. way that I normally can, but... The knight who came forward from, like, the 1500s adapted way too easily. Ah. And then there were some, like, really bizarre things that he didn't get. Like, some stuff he was like, sure, cool, cool. No problem with that. Um, and other stuff he was like, what? Like, the fact that he, his first inclination on meeting women, like, walking around in pants and stuff is not, what are you doing? Um, or, like, oh, the the thing that really got me is the police officer is African American, and he had no reaction to that at all. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, if you were coming from England in like 1700s, you would have a reaction to right an African American in a position of some kind of authority. Um, as awful as that is, right? It, it's true, and I that immediately made me go, huh? Um, <laughs> and um, it just made me think how willing. We are to throw out the rules of logic if it can be fantastical. And that's uh, – Dawn does it over and over again. She says repeatedly, I don't believe in ghosts. There's mm-hmm. not really – it can't really be a ghost. But, but what, what if, if it, it is? is? Yeah. And um, there is something to be said, and I think we lose it as we get older, that willingness to to say, yeah, I'm probably – there's probably nothing. Right. But what if there could be? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, like I, leaving yourself open to the fantastical or, you know, unexpected, unusual. It's like, no, I'm an adult. This is how things work. I, you know, it, I think it's probably like partially an experiential thing. It's like, well, when I do X, Y happens. So yep. I don't need to be concerned myself that A is going to happen because Y always happens when I do X. Even though it could be A. It could be exclamation point. Like it, it, could, it could be, be anything. anything. It could be Apple. Exactly. But people are, once you get to a certain point, I think that's probably part of it is like, you don't have the luxury of being fantastical. And we, sadly, and I was going to say, we understand more about the world. I don't know that that is true. Sadly. But but, um, literally, I was so proud of myself today because I left my um, grocery list and my office yesterday and I bought everything that was on the list and nothing extra. And I was like, (laughs) Wow, super proud of myself, um, which is just really sad. And like that's the kind of – we just get sort of mired in the, that mundane stuff mm-hmm. that I, – I mean, me personally, I just don't – I'm not open to the possibility of fantastical the way that I used to be, the way that I want to be. I know. Um, but because I was reading this and I just – I had such empathy for Don. Not empathy. Is a, that's a – Sounds like she's going through something, but understanding, I was envious, yeah, even of being like, oh, I I expected to be more eye rolly, mm-hmm. more. Oh, come on, there's no ghost, and instead I was like, oh God, she found a secret passage. How stinking cool is that? Yeah. I wish I had a secret passage. Like, um, I think, and this is just occurring to me. We've not talked about this at all, but there is a level of wish fulfillment in these books. Mm-hmm. That there is. That everything is safe, that everybody is right. happy, that their problems can be resolved in 125 pages, that um, it, they get to do all of the things that, you know, you – same same with the, why we watch television, why right. we – It's an escape. Yeah. But it, in these books, it's an escape to something nice and things might happen, but everything, like you're you saying, know, everything wraps up okay at the end. Although I do really like that um, – she did call out at one point um, when – so the reason they find Nikki 
in the passage is he's been gone for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so they're out looking for him. She sent people. And um, I didn't like to admit it, but I was nervous about Nikki's disappearance. Things like that scare me to death. I'd never gotten over the time I couldn't find Buddy Barrett. Children do get kidnapped, and I'm afraid it's going to happen sometime while I'm babysitting. It's not impossible. In fact, it happens every day. You read about it in the papers, or you see it on the news. I've heard that there are thousands and thousands of missing kids. That really kind of... Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, we're having just a fun little, like, yeah. there's a secret well, passage in my house. Like there have definitely been other references. I mean, obviously, Buddy does get kidnapped, albeit by his father. Yeah. And he gets brought back quickly. It's all more of a considered. it's more of a light like, well right but also like when when Jamie Borrowing. Newton is playing outside by himself in the babysitter's agency That's book a- and Stacy I remember distinctly because I was like Stacy's clearly a murderino because she was like anybody could drive up and kidnap him like yeah. this happens all the time blah 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 so like I feel like kidnapping is the only thing that like they sort of focus as like a truly bad thing because like obviously they talk about Stacey's diabetes and parents getting divorced and Mimi having a stroke and like those are serious things especially for children but they're not devastating and I think um big scary things like kidnapping are easier to wrap your Mm. head or I don't want to say more fun but like a stroke is just it's too real right exactly um, and you're you're not emotionally equipped at that time mm-hmm. you don't your brain has not developed yeah um, well and kidnapping is again kind of a fantastical type exactly of, of crime or thing that could happen to you like obviously you don't want that to happen but like what if you got kidnapped by you know pirates or the circus or whatever you know like and like, to be fair, even as a kid, I could name someone who had had a serious illness, mm-hmm. like stroke or cancer. I right. could name someone whose parents had gotten divorced. I could name someone who knew someone that died. I, my, I had an older brother who passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not outside of the realm right. of possibility. But I didn't know anybody who had been kidnapped. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think that that level of removal makes it easier to – it's easier to be scared about something that seems far less likely to happen. Right than it is to be scared that someone you love could die. Right. Because that's the way more common mm-hmm. than someone you know getting kidnapped or you getting kidnapped. Right. But even still, I remember there was this van that drove by slowly on our cult a bunch of times, and we were conv- we went home and we told our parents that, like, mm-hmm. they were going to kidnap us, and there was somebody who had escaped from jail, and there was, like, a creek behind our house, and the, the, the convict was going to be yeah. hiding in there, and... I went through a phase after reading Harriet the Spy where yes. there was a, a tree in our front yard that our my parents' neighborhood used to be a, a pine tree, like a Christmas tree farm. So it's all just pine trees everywhere. And they're like the big ones with like the longer needles. And so yeah. they're the tree branches are very close together, but they're bare, they're very like thick branches and the needles don't start until farther out. So I was able to climb up in this tree near the front of our property like on the road uh-huh. and like i had the perfect vantage point i started like a notebook of just like watching everybody in my neighborhood and writing down like um license plate numbers but like it's the same thing it's but, like yes. i just have to make sure that like i know what's going on and if anything would happen i would be able to tell the police that you know this car was here at this time and that you know this is who was in it and i saw this happen and it's- nothing ever happened because my neighborhood was so i mean i lived in a, you know, upper class, upper middle class suburb yeah. in Northeast Ohio, and our neighborhood was oh, I joke quiet <laughs> that my neighborhood was a Thomas Kincaid painting, but it or a Norman Rockwell, but it it, it was like we would all meet in the Cultazac after dinner and and play games all night until the sun went down, and then we would go inside, um, like obnoxiously. So I was so incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, Same that. Um, of course we had to look for stuff like right. this. Right. It, well, I mean, it goes back to, yeah. you know, kids like us wanting to be scared because we didn't have anything real to be scared or afraid of in our, you know, day-to-day lives. So we created fantasies where bad things might be happening so we can discuss them and plan how to avoid them. Um, so I want to switch gears just a little bit because... I, I, I love this conversation. I feel like we could have it for like a million <laughs> that years. That is accurate. So let's move slightly back, you know, to the realm of the book and yes. pick up some odds and ends. Um, so on um, Dawn and Jeff have some emotional baggage 
from their parents watch. Uh, first of all, she refers to her dad as a Disneyland dad. Oh, that oh, that hurt. When I first read that, I thought she meant like they went to Disneyland for two weeks because they were in. Because she was like, I had a Disneyland dad for two weeks, and I was yeah. like, 1986. There wasn't even California Adventure, so yeah, like, you were spending do? a lot of time in Disneyland, which it's is not that big. No, that's like two days if you do everything. Yeah, you need basically two days. Yeah, and now, and now you have like fast passes and stuff, so you can do everything in a day. Yeah. But obviously, I kept reading. So Disneyland yeah. Dad. Um, so Disneyland Dad is how exactly did she describe it? Basically, it's a dad who's only there for the good times. Oh, except for the Disneyland Dad, he doesn't feel like your father anymore. I guess that's better than no father at all. Yes, I, bro- I which wrote that woof. down too. I know. It's like damn. And then she calls out. It was sort of a messy divorce, which. Uh, that doesn't feel like too much emotional baggage because you, as much as you would try to keep that separate, kids are at least going to pick up on. You, you don't have to be confident, confiding in your kids to know right. that things are. Well, kinda... and again, as someone who does had was not a product of divorce, or had, you know, my parents are still together. Like I feel like any divorce is probably difficult on yeah. a child, oh, even yeah. if your even if your parents are still you know good co-parenting situation. Like it, it's hard. Especially for kids. Yeah. So. Um, so the other thing that I, I pulled out about Mrs. Schaefer, which I'm just like on, I think I'm primed because I had such a strong reaction. <laughs> um, she said, the mess has only gotten worse since my mom gotten, uh, got a job. Believe me, Jeff and I are happy that mom is working because she's happy she's working. And when we're, and when she's happy, we're happy. Which seems pretty innocuous, except that if your happiness depends on how fulfilled your parent is yeah but that's also like a colloquialism like if you're happy i'm happy you know like my point if i I say that to you like it doesn't actually mean like if you're unhappy i can never be happy but like i know i i i'm i'm definitely seeing zebras or got it hearing hoofbeats and going jumping to zebras got it um but i'm just i'm gonna be that's gonna be my new little peccadillo in the back of my brain like (laughs) um because I'm just feeling very protective mm-hmm. um, in a way that I never really um, expected to be right. about these books. Um, and I think part of it, too, is that we are reading it with a more critical eye. I'm not just like... Right, you're not just reading it to read it. E- exactly. You're thinking about it, taking notes, all of that. Um, any fashion? Um, there is one thing I think we maybe want to touch on a tiny bit, and oh. I have a specific thing I want to reference in it. Um we actually meet the family that moves into moved into oh, Christie's yes, family. We, I forgot yeah. before we touch on. Oh my god! There's are they the, the Perkinses? Perkinses. I was like the Perkins. Perkins. Yeah, the Perkins. Myra and Gabby. Um, before we touch on like that sort of friends moving away and new people moving in, um, I just have to state for the record, their dog's name is Chewbacca. Yes, and I was like. I understand that because my dog's name is Indiana, not after the state, after the dog that Indiana Jones named himself after. (laughs) Everyone always thinks that we love Indiana, the state. I could not possibly care less about Indiana. Indiana's great, but like, eh, Indiana's fine. I mean, it's got some stuff. I don't need to I'm, like yeah. live there. I'm just I kidding. live in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm so I'm really, I don't want to offend anyone. I'm mostly laughing because I'm I'm thinking specifically of our good family friends who live there. And oh. I'm like <laughs> like well, hi Hartman's. No, I'm know. kidding. But yes, but everyone's always like, "Oh, are you from Indiana?" No, we're just big nerds. <laughs> um, that's so funny because it never once occurred to me that. But obviously, because I'm on the same wavelength right. as you, you, you know, we but named the dog Indiana. I did. Yes, I did. Um, that was one of the one things that immediately clicked, and I was like, I remember that. Um, because Star Wars was a big deal with me for me as a little, little kid, because um, my Uncle Randy, my mom's brother, was 13 years younger than her, and I was the oldest grandkid. And so he was literally a child when Star Wars was happening, mm-hmm. and it was his favorite, and he had all the sheets and the memorabilia, and he used to like read me the novelizations at night and like would tell me all the stories and like let me show me his action figures so um i don't know that i even really was even really aware of the movies it was just a an uncle randy thing right um and so i remember reading this and being like chew it like uncle d um so that yes Mm -hmm. that was really cool but yeah uh, they do sort of set it up we don't really um get too too much into it uh, this time, but there is the weirdness of like going into the house and mm-hmm. 
Christy's no longer there. And right, yeah, because I think Christy babysat for them in the last book and just sort of mentioned. Yeah, that it, was it was like bizarre. I worked, you know, I, I babysat for the Perkinses. It was weird because it used to be my house, but like Marianne, we actually sort of hear more about Marianne babysitting for them and like being like in Myra's room, which used to be Christy's room, and being like this is weird but she does you know she then uses the fact that like she lives right next door and she's like when she's leaving she's like Myra go stand in your bedroom room or your bedroom window like all you'll see a surprise soon and she like goes and she's like surprise I live right here and I you can see in my bedroom and that's really cute except that I couldn't help think but like think a couple years ahead right <laughs> when she's like 17 and does not want this like right year old why kid. is this like, kid staring in my room um yeah creepy i was like marianne you're gonna need some good blackout curtains um in a i get the impression there. though that they did have curtains and stuff because they're when they were having their fight christy definitely like pulled curtains down so oh, i'm sure true. marianne has blinds or i'm something. sure yes i feel confident that they yes. do but that, that is that's yeah, why i couldn't help but like, think mm. i was like mm, that kid's gonna get an yeah. education um, not, not for Marianne, never mind. Um, yeah, what, what are you thinking? I was like, what? Yeah. But um, it was interesting to sort of touch on that. I didn't really ever have that happen with me when I was a kid where, you know, I spent a lot of time at a house and then the people moved and I ended up back in the house. Like, I don't know that anyone ever moved into a friend's house that I would have had any reason to be in their house. Um, we had a couple of people cause, uh, like I said, we lived at the bottom of a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. so our neighborhood was really tight. We had a couple people that moved out that I... I no longer, like, went and hung out there, but we were in their house yeah. afterwards, like, for a progressive dinner or right. a block party or, or something. Um, so it wasn't quite the same where I was, like, hanging out where I used to hang out in right. Carly's room. But I wasn't there, and it was very strange. But the added um, wrinkle is um, it was very much a prefab 1980s subdivision, so all <laughs> of the layouts of the houses were the same. All the houses were the same. So, um... It was weirder. Uh, I, I think the like emotional memory I'm having is like going into people's houses and having the layout be exactly the same as my house, but yes. everything looked different. Yeah, um, I had that in my neighborhood too because I did a lot of babysitting in my actual neighborhood, same. and so it'd be like, oh, this is we-, you know like different like flooring or different like yeah. wallpaper because my parents still have a lot of wallpaper in their house and <laughs> neighbor. I mean, yeah, it was that era. But we had these weird like swinging double doors that led into the dining room it was very bizarre and like a couple of the houses had them and a couple of them didn't and i was always like i wonder how they decided who chose that yeah Yeah. um i mean i was clearly one of those like you get like a checklist do you what do you want this or do you want this yeah i choose this they chose that (laughs) um but you're right that's interesting and i we get more of the perkins later so Mm -hmm. i think that that yeah well and mrs perkins is pregnant so there's another baby baby. on the way in the neighborhood so i'm sure there'll be more about that i don't recall anything about that baby, but I'm sure we meet that baby at um, some point. Yeah, I'm saying so, that baby a lot. I, and all I can hear is Jason Manzoukas, give me that baby. <laughs> um, exactly. So um, they do call out as a miscellaneous, I'm like going through my miscellaneous notes mm-hmm. of things that stood out that don't really fit in anywhere. Like, I feel like this book more than any of the ones we've done so far has these like little things that don't tie into the main themes mm-hmm. because there is no real... Right. main theme um but she does mention that um they can earn extra by being mother's helpers and yes. doing some housework and i was like i don't remember ever doing that. i never ever did that um i mean i would occasionally like do dishes like if we i made dinner or something i feel like even then the parents were like just, just leave, leave it. it. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I ever had to clean up anything or wash things, fold laundry. Because like, def- yeah. when Stacey was babysitting for the Pikes, she folded, like, two or three loads of laundry. Yeah, no. Like, I don't even want to fold my own laundry. Hard pass. As evidenced by this stack of things that have to be hung up in my bedroom That's what I was going to say. I just hang everything up so I don't have to fold it. And Yeah, well, that... I did that. It's, it's ready to go. It's just waiting behind me on the couch in my basement. It is taller my- than I am. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean... On the couch, us sitting on the floor, it is. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't kidding. I take it hot. back. I was not kidding. Not kidding. Um, um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting, and I don't know if that was, I couldn't help but think that that might have been like laying groundwork for future plots, like toss that in so yeah. that as we go forward, that might be something. Um, oh, so um, I wanted to see if there were updates to... Um, the plane, um, 
situation. Um, in the very beginning of the book, Don talks about they took the plane to um, to California to mm-hmm. be with her dad. First of all, she says one of the stewardesses slipped us free headphones. That's in the old one. So um, that should not be in the new one because that's not that's a thing. not a thing anymore. Um, even more, not a thing. Um, European vacation. Well, no that that could be a thing. <laughs> Actually, that seems that we could come back around. Yeah. Now that you can oh, figure well, yeah, out, yeah, it, it was definitely European vacation in the eighty eight yes. book. But um, what should no longer be in this updated version is Jeff laughed so hard he nearly got sick, but he recovered in time for dinner and managed to collect extra desserts um, from all the people around us who didn't want them. Unless they were flying first class, which they didn't specifically call out. But it seems unlikely. Even yeah. given how wealthy they are, like, you're not going to send your two kids first class. First class, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there has not been – you haven't been fed dinner outside of first class in – Unless it's an international flight. And it's Which not. It's not. Um, so quite some time. So anyway, that's um that just made me yeah. made me laugh. I was like I, well, it also made me laugh because the one time we flew first class when I was young, a girl, I think I was like still in college. No, I was like nineteen. But my siblings were younger. Mm-hmm. Um something had got messed up with our flight and they had to rebook us and we wound up getting we wound up getting bumped to first class. And Poor Landon refused the food because he thought you had to pay for it because we'd never oh, been in no. first class, so we didn't eat. And then everyone was like, why didn't you eat anything? And he's like, I didn't know. Oh, buddy. He missed out on, like, an ice cream sundae, and it was it was very sad. Oh, that's so I just sad. remember it was, the, like, he got off the plane, and everybody was like, oh, man, that sundae was so good. I've never had, you know, first class food, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what? Oh, oh that's so, so sad. bad. Poor um, guy. So, yeah, so that, that called out. Um... Again, timeline hasn't. I I think we're getting ready to get into timeline craziness as we go into eighth grade. Yeah, but right for now we're still. Yeah, it's still a couple summer. a couple weeks. Yeah, I think this book's said about two weeks. Two glorious weeks yeah. of of um, summer vacation left before we begin eighth grade. So, um, up to this point, it's all been pretty. I mean, it's happened very fast, faster than we expected, but very straightforward. So right. I think eighth grade is where we're gonna because we're gonna have a hundred books in the eighth grade. More than more than yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, um, that was my big one. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of fashion other than the, other than Trip and Claudia saying that she had a green dragon's head ring, a fierce green dragon's head's ring. That Which, was it. I'm in. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. But yeah, there was basically no fashion. I think it'll be interesting when I go back after I have my Bible a little bit more complete after more books yeah. and see like... Does Dawn describe fewer outfits than Claudia? Probably. Does I, Christy? Yeah. Like, I definitely noticed in Stacey's, we, and I think we even talked about it, that Stacey describes a lot more of mm-hmm. the fashion than, um, maybe we didn't talk about it, maybe that was just in my head, but like, there are lots of passages right. about fashion in Boy Crazy Stacey. And like, very descriptive, full like Details, because detailed. it's clearly important. And I think we did call out, or again... I can't remember. But I definitely have noted that as we are getting further along, um, there are distinct things that you mm-hmm. can um, pick up in the books. As well as, I think, um, after we got past the four, we're getting more in-depth about the descriptions of each one. Mm-hmm. Like, the the first four, there was some touch on who's who. Right. But it was very much just like, this is my relationship with them to orient right. this with is the their narrator. club position um and now it's much more like and this is their backstory and right. the, the, christy just got christy's parents just got married her mom just got remarried and right like there's more detail there there's more there there i yeah. think as the mythology I, builds and i'm i feel like mythology. that's also probably part of um when it was just four books it was you didn't have to read that much to know the backstory so here yeah. it's like they really did want these to be like, you can pick up anyone and you might not have every single nuance, but you'll at least get enough that you can enjoy this book and keep reading. Yeah. Um, there, I know we have talked about, but we're definitely seeing more of the, the seeding of like who comes next. Like mm-hmm. we got to know um, some of the Pike kids in the last one. We we got to learn that Nikki is feeling left out about the boys. So right. And this book was all about how the whole reason he went to the passage is because... Um, the boys wouldn't hang out with him and he didn't right. want to hang out with the girls. And he and wanted his own secret place. And it, so um, that is definitely, I, I would be, I'm going to venture a guess in my um, predictions for next week that the Perkins 
are going to play a bigger part in right. the next book because they got introduced in this one. Um, where it's it's actually, I mean, I'm laughing about calling it a mythology, but there is this mythology there. Yeah. Clearly there's a companion book that lists all the right. people and major events and things. So um, it's going to be fun to continue to see how that develops. Yes, very true. Any other... Um, Oh, so there wasn't a big lesson in this one, but um, in my opinion. No. But but there was that tip for babysitting. Yep. So when Marianne is babysitting for Myra and Gabby, Gabby draws her a picture and Marianne's like, oh, it's so – this is great. And she in the narration – or I guess Dawn in the narration says – we figured out when you get a picture from a kid and you don't know what it is, you don't say, what is it? You say, can you tell me about it? And you know what? Which is that so is smart. Genius. Yeah. I'm like, totally like going to steal that. Yeah. I've got a um, niece or nephew coming sometime in the future. Well, I hope I have a lot of them. Um, but <laughs> One that's definitely coming. coming. Um, and I am so excited and I now know, have the tools to talk about that. Um and then she does mention that, you know, the kidnapping does happen. Mm-hmm. And then they call back to Marianne, saves the day, where one time the kid got really sick and Marianne had to call 911. So right. they're sort of like, there may not be some big lesson in this one, but, but they're, they're calling, calling those out. Um, I loved the the movie choices at mm-hmm. the end of the book. What, yes. So they... I just wrote down that Claudia wanted to watch Star Wars because I was yep. like, oh my God. I yeah, love, lots of Star Wars content. In I this know. One. Like, this is a Star Wars book. And I think that that's one of the reasons I, I so identified with Claudia is mm-hmm. I, I was it was more like ammunition yeah. for me. Because I think, and Marianne wanted to watch 16 Candles. Yep. I think Christy wanted to watch Ghostbusters, yep. which they ultimately watch. I can't remember. Stacy, it's her favorite movie. Oh, Mary Poppins. Yep. Duh. And then um, Dawn wanted to watch The Parent Trap. Her favorite movie. Her favorite movie. Um, I all of those one hundred percent make sense. Except sixteen candles is way racy for mm-hmm. Marianne, um, which I get. But she's for... at a sleepover where she wouldn't be able to watch it at yeah. her parent, at her house. Well, and it is only PG because PG thirteen didn't right. exist at the time. <laughs> so I will never forget like renting it for kids, <laughs> like uh, that I was babysitting. Yeah, because it was PG and totally having forgotten. And then like in the very she drops the f bomb like. 10 minutes into the movie, and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, oh, what have I done? <clears throat> and don't you see boobs? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right, in the locker room. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, oh no. Um, so, yeah, PG-13 did not exist at this point yet, but no. – or at that point. At that point. Um, right. When the movie came out, yes. When this book came out, it did exist, I think. I think or very close. Or it was, it was around the same time. Because it was Gremlins and Temple of Doom that really pushed it over the edge. More yeah. earlier than 1986. Um. But, yeah, I thought that was funny. The, very on brand for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but 16 Candles was the one where I was like, mm. Conceptually, it, yes. But, but the actual movie, Princess Bride would have made more sense. Yeah. That's it, true. It, um, Although, wasn't that 88? It wasn't oh, even out yet. Fair. <laughs> Good call. Um, so, I... The other thing that I called out and then laughed at myself... Was I had to Google Cam Geary because I was like, oh, I know that name. Well, who was he in the eighties? And I was like, nobody. He's a babysitter. He's a babysitter. Person. Yeah, <laughs> but he is just someone that was made up in the Babysitters Club books. But it rung such a chord yeah. with me that I was <laughs> like, like, oh, this is it's a real, real person. person. That's funny. Um, but that's uh, speaking of mythology building, like right. starting to build that. Like that's their big heart. Yes. We, we get our first mention of Cam Geary, who um, is Marianne's favorite, and yes. I like I do remember her. Like he's always the what he's her big dream boat that mm-hmm. she has pictures in her locker and exactly um, compares all other boys to like I think she even says like he's cute but he's not as cute as Cam Geary or something right um, which uh, that's such an eighties pop idol name oh, Cam yeah. Geary hundred um, percent made total sense so yes any other miscellany that you had pop out at you um I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much everything. I have like a random conversation starter, but it's not necessarily something we have to talk about in this book. So okay, well, I'll um, save it for another time since we're getting close to wrapping up. Uh, I do have one more that I just popped in my head as I'm looking at my notes. Um, it, along those same lines, um, this is the first time I really noticed when they have their like blurbs from the books from the um, 
journal, the babysitter's mm-hmm. club record. Um, the Claudia version, like, it's all spelled weird. And, oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's been like that. You maybe just and I just I, it. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I did. It was the first time I really noticed it. Oh, okay. Um, but I was like, oh, that's right. They do that. But we haven't gotten into the handwriting yet. The handwriting comes later. No. It's because you have the e-books. It, there is the handwriting oh. in the books. Boo! I'm yeah. so bummed that I'm missing that. You are. Yeah. Because um, every time I'm fonts. like, I... I changed. I literally did change my handwriting Dot to your be heart. like Stacy. I changed my E's and my A's, and I started dotting my heart, my eyes with hearts. Um, I did. That's. I do remember changing how I used letters because I how I wrote them because mm-hmm. of. I don't remember if it was these, but I do. I don't do the like circle A. I do the like. That's what I used to do because I wanted to be like Stacy, and then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like the way it looks. Um, so that now was I just an do absolute visual a. thing, but I hope you guys are all know what I'm talking about. The thing with the like cover over, it? like the the way that an A looks in um, Times New Roman. Yes, thank you. Since I'm um, looking at it in front of my face right now. Yes, um, and I don't know. And also in Calibre or Calibri or Calibri whatever or... the the generic word font that it defaults to now it's also yeah. like that there weird i wonder where we moved away from times new room and that's a whole other conversation yeah i don't know any I, there's not really a life lesson in this book no there's no real danny tanner moment no. ever like it's not even um don's mom doesn't even like sit her down and like let's talk about this they do mention oh we should keep this locked right but uh, there's no like we said there is no resolution to this the resolution is they find out it's nikki However, she, he, she, like, asked him about the things that he found, and some of them he was like, that wasn't me. So mm-hmm. there's a question mark, and that's the end. So the passage is clearly coming back. I, I right. feel like they're setting that up for more. but It definitely is. I can tell you that with 100% certainty. When at, Eddie... least, at least in one book, probably significantly more. Yeah. Just going to um, put that back out there. That really <laughs> was my dream. Uh, who am I kidding? It is my dream. I would love to have a secret passage. I still, like, Pinterest those things, like the... <laughs> The bookshelf opens to a secret room. I'm yeah. like, yes, one day. One day when I'm fabulously wealthy. Um, or even could be asked to buy a house. <laughs> um, I don't really do long-term commitments. So the thought of a 30-year mortgage, like, <clears throat> gives me palpitations. Um, all right. So, well, then, what else do we need to go over? I think just predictions. Yeah. Okay. So what do we got next week? Um, the next book is book next 10. Week. Next week. Ne- I two week. Next episode. So sometime in... Sometime in the future, after this episode goes live, two weeks from now for you guys listening. It's actually two weeks for us because we yeah. are taking off for the holidays. Yeah. We, we, this is... We are recording the um, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So yes. happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from the past. I am thankful <laughs> for the Babysitter's Club and for you. Samesies. Oh my god, that's gross. So okay, um, on. anyway, so our next book is book number ten, Logan loves Marianne. <gasps> Logan Bruno. Omg. Um. So my prediction, or sorry, Logan likes Marianne, not loves. Right. Oh, it is likes. Likes. Yeah. Yeah. I said loves. Um. I now I'm now I I'm gonna do check. not remember reading this book. I like some. I'm like yes, a hundred percent. Although obviously with this one, I conflated it with another book, but. I don't I don't remember Logan likes Marianne or loves Marianne. Um I'm assuming Logan moves here from Kentucky. Likes. likes. But there is an exclamation point. Oh, exclamation point. Logan likes Marianne. Exclamation point. That means it's a comedy. Yes. According to Paul of Tompkins. <laughs> the informant. Um <laughs> Wow, that is a deep, deep cut. cut. I love it. Doug loves movies. Um yeah, so I, I'm I'm assuming Logan moves from Kentucky because that's like the main thing that I know about him is he's from Kentucky. I had forgotten about that. I yes. do remember that now. Um, and I guess he likes Marianne! Exclamation point. The end. Um, I don't really remember the plot of this at all. I just very much remember Logan, Logan Bruno. I remember he had that that like soft floppy hair. Yes, and he and was the southern accent because he's was, from Kentucky. I'd forgotten the southern accent. I remembered that he was um slow talking, which mm-hmm. is. The same, like, he he wasn't as fast-paced as all of these yes. city slickers, <laughs> um, I say with an eye roll. Um, but I remember him being, like, totally different than the other boys, and I sort of pictured him very much like Leonardo DiCaprio in Growing Pains. Yeah. 
is sort of what I had in my head, but slightly less, um, except Leo's character had issues with yeah. the capital I. He was brought in to, like... Spice it up. Yeah, he was a foster kid or something. I don't I don't remember. Um, but Logan, I remember him being almost too perfect, even as a kid, mm-hmm. being like, okay, this, he seems a little boring, but right. that makes sense for Marianne. Yeah. Um, and I want to say we're getting your nemesis in this next one. I think so, because I think she likes... Koki Co- likes Logan. Yes, I'm pretty... Point. What I remember is... Um, there being competition that mm-hmm. Koki wanted Logan and Maryanne was like thought he was cute but totally not on her radar. But then he liked her, right? And she had to be like, "What do I do with this?" Right. Um. So sort of the inverse of Stacy, where in, where Stacy was the one pursuing, mm-hmm. Marianne is the one being pursued, and I think a lot of the book is her. I think this might be where she cuts her hair. I feel like there's a book called Marianne's Makeover. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I have a whole list of them, but I'm not looking. Um, I yeah i i don't I don't know that for sure. But I feel like the makeover is in the future. Could be. What I'm I'm remembering is how Logan becomes a catalyst for her to break out of her shell mm-hmm. more um, and see herself in a different way because he sees her differently. Right. Um, I don't know how much of that happens in this book and how much of that happens. Like, over the course of all of the books. Right. Um, but I, I vividly remember Logan. Um, and now I'm wondering... So I remember the Koki plot from the movie. Maybe I'm remembering that from the movie. But they got it from somewhere in the movie. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, it came from somewhere. Yeah, Koki was not a movie uh, construct. Yeah. Well, and in the movie, Koki is pursuing Logan, but Logan and Marianne are already together. together. You're right. You're right. So um, so we'll, we'll find out next time. We'll see. We'll figure it out. So, any final club business? Yes. I'm very disappointed in our listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, rate, review, subscribe, like, share. Do Interact with us on Twitter. Social media. We've, yeah. like, we've had some really fun conversations with people. I know. So I, I'm like, like, I love. I, me too. I'm like, I'm, I want more. That's why I'm I disappointed. Know. Bring it on, people. <laughs> um, tell us how awesome we are. Or tell us that we're privileged, out of touch weirdos, and we need to learn yeah. something. Because Give us some perspective. Um, or I, not. We want, we're not saying you have to give us perspective. perspective. It is not your too. yes. It is not your job to make us better. Yes. But but if would, you feel the need or the want or desire to have engage with us in any way, we want to be we having would those. Love com- that. We want to be having those conversations because we know that we have a very narrow perspective, yes. and we would love. To, we would welcome a, bl- a broader conversation. So if you've ever had any desire to be on a podcast, <laughs> come be our friend. Reach on out. Let's start talking. Okay, so in that vein, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at GenerationBSC, or you can email us directly at GenerationBSC at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to your